Creed 16th entry. You know, it's strange, looking back to my early logs or when we were heading up the mountain. Now here I am, so many entries later, laying in a hot southern forest, recovering from having my leg severed from my body. It's difficult to mentally process everything. Speaking of mental process, I was recently shocked to hear the voice of the tiefling lord in my head. It sounded like that tiefling lord. What sounded like him? What was the noise that you heard? He, he, I heard him say he, we can't hide forever. The realization that you are not alone in your own thoughts is, well, it feels invasive and disturbing. Shortly thereafter, the dwarvish fellow brought some friends back to our camp. Like I say, I'm not looking to die. I'm just looking to get rid of these bastards, the tieflings. As am I. Well, none of us are planning to die. What could you do for us then? Getting rid of the tieflings. That's what you said that you wanted, right? That's our goal. While we were speaking with them, something seemed to have spooked Firdas. Firdas, this time you hear a voice in your head. It's only brief and it says, I heard your name spoken today. It sounds like the messenger of Fjall. Spoken from where? From whom? The Ellywick Watchtower. Oh, that's in the other town, isn't it? Yeah, that's the one where you had the big boxing match thing. He ran off on his own. Mads and Sina talked the dwarves into returning to Skousicus and bringing back a fellow who works on the siege equipment to help us construct some of our own. Something Mads calls a trebuchet. Do you think if we all speak to him, he would join us and come out here and help us build it himself? Depends on how well he is being compensated at his position. Yeah, maybe. Mads went into the woods for more supplies and encountered some winged people. Sort of a combination of people and owls. And they had a large owl with them, which Mads brought down. Um, I will drop my stone and immediately launch a javelin at the owl. <laughs> Old friend, why do you do this? You summon us and then you attack us. Who have I summoned? We are the servants of Arcades. I don't know what that is. From what I can gather, the rat Madge ate while we were in the pit, began sending out bursts of wind to signal these owl folk and lead them to us. They brought with them more knowledge of the gods and tieflings than we previously held. I don't know if you're aware, but where I come from, mountain worship is a very quiet and contemplative thing. Not for Fjall. For Fjall, all he cares about is conquering and warfare, earning new powers, gaining new ground. The tieflings are just a tool for him. When the owl folk learned how dire our war situation was, they sent for reinforcements of their own. All the while, we have no idea where Firdos is gone. If I'm to believe what you're telling me, why am I so afraid right now? Perhaps you need a sign. I just look up to him. Go south from here. Stay in the trees. Do not be seen. And you will receive your sign. As you wish. Feels like we've only just caught our breath and things are about to escalate again. And this time, I'll be facing it all as a one-legged man. Time to Die Podcast Network presents 
the giants march. The road is long, but the world is small. I start walking southward and I'm going to walk far enough to where um, I'm no longer in eye or earshot of that uh, entity, which obviously meta-wise I know probably doesn't matter, but... <laughs> From what you can tell, he kind of just stands there watching you go until he's out of sight. And um, at that point that I am out of sight and out of mind, at least uh, in my mind, I'm going to start to look for a, um, like a branch that has fallen off a tree that has like a, like a sturdy Y kind of shape to it, or even a fallen tree that has like a, a sort of fork in it, something big enough for me to hold. Um, no problem. And, uh, once I, once I have it, I'm going to, um, test it and see if it works kind of like a divining rod to find water. I, I close my eyes and, and hold it like I've uh, been trained to before and um, see that it goes towards the nearest water source. Does it what rotate or how does that work? It, it sort of will drop down once you're over like a source of water if there's like a wellspring underneath or you know in the ground or whatever aquifer or oh, whatever. Gotcha. It does but you're also in a swamp. So. Yeah I'm just like checking the sort of um, proof of concept on it or whatever. And uh, as soon as I establish this, I'm going to um, sit down with it and start to um, pray to, to Hadel. And um, begrudgingly, I'm going to take the um, my spear and start to bury it in the ground. What's that, the god of war? Uh, Hadel is the god of sacrifice. And I am uh, sacrificing... Um, my most treasured possession, which my cousin made for me. The one that Cena imbued for you? Yep. And I am going to uh, bury it, and I am asking Hadel for uh, for help. In this time of need, after I finish this sort of uh, prayer under my breath, I take out that, um, that stick that I found, and I am going to inscribe on it the rune that says... I have it written down here somewhere. While you're doing that, tell me high or low. Um, I'm gonna go high. Aha. The rune is Senhet. And, um, it, it means truth. And, uh, as soon as I'm done, uh, inscribing this on the stick, I'm going to, um, sort of, uh, place some of my, uh, my linens or leathers or whatever around my head like a, um, blindfold. And then I am going to hold this um, divining rod that I've made out and sacrificed for. And I'm going to just follow where it takes me. Because it's supposed to take me to truth. <laughs> just in general, huh? <laughs> yep. And so it'll... <laughs> we'll see where it goes. And, and I start just ambling around, not being able to see where I'm going. Just holding this stick out in front of me in the swamp. Um, I think that the afternoon is waning at the camp, and um, you've probably knocked out another shield by now, and uh, the leg is probably in its final moments of completion. You know, cousin. Yes? I am thinking that if we are gathering some sort of a army at this point, we should be prepared to feed them. Uh, is Bogdana around? She's at the fire. Bogdana, I do believe that we're about to have more people at our camp than we previously expected. Do you believe that we'll be able to hunt enough to feed them? The first few, perhaps, but they will have to fend for themselves once their numbers increase. I will pass along the message. 
I'm gonna roll for whether the dwarves came or went. I'm gonna say hi. Okay. Uh, so the, I'm gonna say the dwarves went with their buddy back to the camp, and she's gonna say, "Once the dwarves return, they are all hunters. They can help with the food and the gathering." This is a very good idea. Fair enough. You hear from the gathering, the the murder of crows in the distance that are outside the tree line of your camp, and they, one of them says, Hunting is our speciality. If you wish to gather food for the camp, be my guest. Although you already kind of are. <laughs> if we do, we run the risk of being spotted in the air. You cannot hunt from the ground. The reason it is our speciality is because of our flight. Then why would you bring it up, knowing that it is such a dangerous proposition? We can do it, but it is your risk to take. We will not be taking that risk. Very well. Hold on. Cena! Do you agree with me that that is a bad idea? Yes, I do in fact agree with that. Perfect. You will be staying here for this time being. When the dwarves return, they will do more hunting and we will be ready to feed everyone. Agreed. He nods and goes back to his flock. Where is our other cousin? I don't know. He's... I have not seen him in a day. No, usually it's just like, usually when he goes off to do like druid stuff, it just takes a little bit. I didn't think it was going to be like an extended period of time. I don't know if he was off to do druid things. He ran off panicked. He's supposed to be getting us more ore after dumping it all in the swamp. He brought me some ore. But oh. when he left again, it was with a look of uncertainty on his face. I think Firtas just kind of always looks like that. Did he take the rock with him? What, which rock? The Sending Stone. I don't think so. Yes, that does not seem much like Firtas. Uh, Sina, I think you have the uh, one of the sending stones if you want to try. Yeah, she's gonna. I know try you gave it. one to. Didn't you give one to the gnome? Yes, one to the gnome. I was thinking that the bard gave his to Fyrdos, but I can't remember. Do you remember, Chris? I had one, and uh, I never remember saying that I gave it to anybody else. Yeah, I think he has one. Alright, so she'll try to call Fyrdaus. Fyrdaus? Um, hold on just a second. And, uh, you hear, like, um, like, limbs and stuff, like, smacking everything around him and, like, snapping and everything. And then a a big thud. Ah, okay, yes. Ah, what do you need? I forgot about the 25 word thing on sending stones. Yeah, I forgot about it in our last few sessions, so everybody's been talking freely, but we'll probably have to adjust that and keep track of our words if we remember to. Okay. It's been a while. You ran off in a weird way for you where are you? When are you coming back? As you're saying this, you can feel just in, it's just a feeling of this time depleting before the message goes and you have no more words to say. I was contacted once more by the messenger. I'm somewhat near, but I don't know how close. I will come to you when it's willed to be. Be safe. And Firdas, after that closes, do you just keep on walking? Yeah. 
you bumble on through this forest and bump into a tree now and then, trip over a vine, and uh, crunch through some of the leaves until you reach a point where even at your great size you can hear footsteps and you probably a giant as tall as you is not likely to hear the tiny footsteps of a person but this sounds more like a mixture of large footsteps and small footsteps a a cluster of them all right i'm going to continue like regardless of those things that i hear until the divining rod um like gives me a signal that i am where i need to be generally it would be if it starts to like kind of point down you go on with your eyes closed and the trees continue to brush at your face as you pass their branches and scratch at you and it gets to a point where the voices almost sound like they're just a few hundred feet in front of you before the divining rod lurches down. (sighs) Here we go. I, like, kind of rest there for a moment and then slowly bring my hand up to my blindfold and then take it off really fast and look. You find yourself just offside the path and uh, it kind of goes forward and then around the bend, which is where the footsteps are tromping from. And as they draw near, probably about 300 feet off, there's a small squadron of, of tieflings, and then there's four um, cyclops, and each one of them has in their hand uh, one quarter of this. It's like a carriage on poles, you know, without wheels. They're just carrying it, and in the middle is this boxy thing with doors, like, like a carriage, but it's sitting on these poles. Hmm. So, uh, <laughs> much of a stupid thing do I want to do right now? <laughs> Let's see. Would is the sun still out? Hmm. Technically, it's not high. That's actually more beneficial. So, like, I could tell where it's low in the sky, which means I can figure out direction pretty easily. You are facing south. Facing south. And um, I would I recognize that that I'm on the trail that goes to the the camp that we were at. You can see wheel tracks and foot tracks, so at best guess. All right, and would I gather that they are heading towards where we were camped out? Um, based on the trail that, if this is the same trail that you walked when you first went into Skazikas, you do not believe that they're on the path towards your mates. Oh, okay, so, like, yeah, because we're camped out further east, and it doesn't look like they've noticed me at all? Not yet. They're too far away, and you are in the trees. Hmm. Well, I am going to, uh, turn into a... I think a squirrel would probably be, be a good one. They're not very large, so I don't need to be super fast, so, um... Yeah, I think I'm going to uh, beast form into a squirrel. And uh, I'm going to follow them for a bit. Okay. And let me see how long my my beast form can last. Uh, So, yeah, you can move along for right now, I guess, while I get that. We go back to camp and... uh... Bogdana is at this point finishing up with dinner and soon it's going to be ready to eat. Sina is going to give uh, the bard his new leg if it's finished. Mm-hmm. Bard! Hmm? I have something for you. He sets down his stringed instrument and he looks over and he reaches out for it. Well, look at that. That really is something. It's amazing what you can do with just <laughs> where you're out here. He's going to try to put it on? Is it intuitive? No, it's just like... It's basically just like a prosthetic leg, how it just goes like over the stump of it. The strap on? Yes. Uh, yeah, he's going to start working with some of the buckles, and then... Uh, reach over to you to try and stand up. 
she'll help him up. Well, that ain't half bad. It'll take some practice, but you know, it's better than the alternative. Oh, it feels pretty natural to me, and he's immediately gonna fall down. (laughs) 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 Not natural. Not natural. It is gonna take some practice. Yeah, if you pull him back up, he's gonna start uh, just working on balance first before he starts trying to, like, he just, I assume you have to kind of swing kick it out? Essentially, yeah. Does it have a joint? Mm hmm. It's a hinged knee. Yeah, he's gonna steady himself on a nearby tree and just start practicing the motion of it, trying to get it to, like, swing lock out in front of it and the timing and to, to not only land it on the ground, but also balance across it like a crutch. And then as he's doing that, uh, Bogdana says, You do impressive work. Thank you. It was a good cause for the sake of all of us not to have to lug the fat bard around. <laughs> I agree, he's quite heavy. That's true, but also just I think the indignity of not having a leg and needing to be carried in the first place was also very much a factor. Maybe you could put spikes on it for him. I bet I could give him enough time, but I kind of just wanted to let him practice with it before I tried to do anything too fancy. It would be the only way for my leg to get its revenge. (laughs) I do thank you for this, even though I'll take a while to get the hang of it. He's going to try to walk towards the campfire and get about halfway before he loses his balance and topples over backwards. (laughs) I wouldn't suggest getting too close to the fire because that is made out of wood that hasn't been treated. (laughs) So maybe just keep like a distance of a few feet. Please do not fall into my fire. I love that she's concerned about the fire. Oh my god. (laughs) She's got several things on the spits that are rotating, and they're all looking about done, so you could probably have, like, maybe half an animal apiece now that these bird guys are here. She says, um, Bird people, you will have to help with the gathering if you cannot fly. You may find nuts or berries. And they just kind of nod. on the, And I think you guys start eating. Mm-hmm. And it's at this point that... Firdos... What's the distance you want to maintain from this group? Um, so a squirrel would have a relatively okay hearing. Um, so I would say uh, just close enough to where I can kind of hear um, what's being said. These Cyclops characters have to basically shuffle their feet to let the tieflings keep up with their giant steps and uh, to not jolt this carriage too much on its poles. And they, uh, you follow them for about um, maybe another 100 feet or so after they've passed you. And then you hear a voice from high up that says something, and they all halt. And then it says another thing, and the uh, Cyclops lean down and set this carriage thing on the ground. And out of it, steps a tiefling and it's one of the white powdery faced ones from the from Skazicus or at least it looks like one of them he's got big chops just like I don't know if you specifically saw them I can't remember I think no I never a, did see them like all that action was with uh, the others yeah well then to you it's just this white faced tiefling you don't know who he is specifically and he steps out and he says um, I would like us to look around here Keep a lookout for anything, not just giants, but gnomes as well. And the tieflings nod, and they all start to scatter in front of you. And then all of a sudden, there's this huge eruption. These massive spikes come out from the ground. There's several of them, one for each tiefling and four for the cyclops. And they just impale them up on these giant rods, like from the cabin on the mountain that you saw before. And they're all just standing there limp, completely dead on these spikes. <laughs> I was just about to get my the speaking stone um, out and like hold it like a nut. 
and and talk into it and relay what was going on and then when that happens i just like drop it on the ground and my mouth is just wide open everything goes silence aside from the the birds in the distance and the breeze in the trees and these guys are just skewered yeah i'm still looking in awe um uh it, did the the white-faced one um get impaled too yep oh wow yeah the whole carriage the whole carriage got wrecked um i'm going to get a little bit closer and try to see if i can i don't know i'm gonna see if there's anybody left alive first oh i'm also gonna grab the the speaking stone off the ground i'm not gonna leave it there but um yeah i would like to get closer and investigate the speaking stone is now pretty large compared to your body size from what it was before. What specifically does your investigation entail? Um, I would like to uh, check the, the bodies for, for sure to make sure, you know, everyone's dead. The only ones you can reach short of climbing up these things. Well, regardless, as a squirrel, you're going to have to climb up, so it'd be easiest to reach one of the tieflings. It's, pro- it's probably like an eight-foot spike. Okay, like, so basically if if, if they're still, like, up on a spike, I, like, I meant, like, if there's still anybody left alive, like, on the ground or anything, like... They are all shish-kebobbed right now. Okay. Well, if that's the case, then I'm going to go up into the carriage thing that was being held up, and I want to look around in there. It's partially splintered, and it's toppled on its side, but you can climb in. All right, and I do so. It's a uh, it's a couple empty seats. Well, it's like a standard carriage, and you don't really see anything in here. But as you're just looking around, you do notice there's a satchel around the powder face character that's just dangling there. All right, I would like to grab the satchel and and get into it. It's dangling like uh, you're gonna have to kind of climb up the spike and then go across his body and climb down the satchel in order to reach it. All right, yeah, I'll climb inside the satchel, yeah. Inside you find some uh, scrolls of paper. And um, I want to kind of... Oh, and you also find, uh, as you're climbing across his body, you see a spool of wire with kind of a chopping trigger on it. Spool of wire with a trigger on it? It, It's pretty self-evident. It looks like there's like a punch-down tool that will slice the wire to the length you want. It's just something you notice. Um, spool of wire with a cutting tool. Oh, and Feardos, as you scramble across this thing's body and get closer to his powdery face, you are immediately hit with the familiar perfume that you've known from before. Okay. Yeah, I I kind of expected to, to get that just because that's the stuff they dabble in. Um, but yeah, like I, I crawl into this, um, into the satchel and I'm going to take the, the, um, the scrolls and push them out of the satchel to where they just fall onto the ground and, um, anything else in there or just a bunch of scrolls? Standard stuff for traveling. It's got some gold pieces. It's got some, you know, it's got a water, uh, flask. It's got just traveler's gear. Yeah, anything that looks just normal, I'm, I'm just going to leave there. Um, and uh, does does the scent come mainly from um, just all around this person, or is there a, spe- a specific item on, them, on it that it looks like it's... As a squirrel, you can tell it's emanating from him. Oh, okay. And um, yeah, then when I crawl back out, um, I have a little bit of decency to me, so if his eyes are still open, I'm going to reach out with my little squirrel hands and pull the eyelids down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're getting this white powder all over your fur. Oh, it's like actual powder. That's not just the skin? No, it's real powder. His face is powdery. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah, I get the powder on me, and I I start to, like... Try to wipe it off on my fur <laughs> and like shake it out a little bit, and then um, then I'm going to jump down and start to like kind of unfurl the scrolls and and see uh, if I can read them. Uh, they're maps of the area, which they're pretty nicely detailed. Hmm. 
It's hard to tell exactly how much ground they cover, but you could definitely gauge that you've got a map of Skazikas, and then you've got a map of the east, central, and west uh, quadrants or whatever. Those aren't quadrants, but sections of the ground. Yeah. And are they even accurate as far as, like, uh, um, stuff in the woods? Like, uh, would the clearing that we've been habitating in um, be on there? It's mostly following main roads and pathways. You don't really see any land things like the clearing or anything like that. Any writing on there as far as, like, you know, battle plans or strategy kind of thingies or anything like that? Weird symbols? There might be. It's just that it's all written in tiefling, so... I'm going to then, um, grab them and then one by one go and take them over to, like, a like a, a bush that kind of stands out to where like I'd be able to when I come back grab them pretty easily and stuff then after that's done I am going to um, uh, scurry off into the woods over towards our campsite and try to tell everybody what I found all right dinner is over and the sun has gone down enough that it's not shining through the trees anymore. It's probably still on the horizon, but you can't see it. You feel like you ate. You don't feel full by any means. I don't know how much longer we can keep this up. If we aren't able to get more food than this, I'm not going to be the fat bard anymore. Well, firstly, you could stand to lose a few pounds. He can barely learn to stand. Perhaps a bit of weight loss would improve your balance, but also, I am reminded that if we were to continue on our journey back north, we still would be in a similar situation. There would be less mouths to feed, yes, but we would have to move slow. We would be in fear for our lives at every turn. The best possible solution is for us to remain here stalwart and be ready for the offensive when our reinforcements arrive speaking of reinforcements wouldn't it be easier to go get more giants from the north you do realize how far away they are you imply that this war is imminent From the preparations they were doing, it's definitely closer than it seems. And you think that you can gather enough supplies and warriors to withstand an attack? This is our intention, yes. It is the only plan we have. Perhaps we are not trying to withstand their attacks so much as we are trying to lower morale in the city so much that they abandon their posts. I see. Many of their soldiers are slaves. Slaves will not fight when they see their masters start to fall. Slaves find complacency and safety when there is no longer such. You think... These slaves will turn on their masters when they see the giants. Some of them have turned just on the whispers. Imagine what will happen when they see parts of their walls start to fall and crumble. I have seen slaves. I believe you will win some, but not all. This is a risk we have to be willing to take. It is always a dark day when slave must turn against slave. It's really, it's like Bogdano said, this is the only plan that we have. We have to try. Matt's just said that they find complacency and safety. There is a more secure form of safety in freedom than enslaved and left to the whims of someone else. Whatever happens, as you are allies to Dominus, 
We are allies to you, and we will fight with you, or we will fall with you. They will not be expecting what will hit them soon enough. How long until your reinforcements arrive? They may come in one week, but we must prepare for two. It will become quite difficult to be out here for such a long time, but that is what it takes. That is what it takes. I do believe that things will not always be left up to us. Sometimes the fight finds you. Yes. We could send scouts at risk of being seen, but at least the scouts will see as well. We have dwarves returning soon enough. I know sitting here doing almost nothing seems counterproductive. But we must trust in the wisdom of the mountain. And if there is one thing that I have been taught by the mountain, patience is key. Very well. When you look to the skies and you see a storm is coming, do you charge out to see exactly where the warm and cold fronts are meeting, or do you begin to board up your home? There is no use in knowing. If the storm is coming, we prepare. You understand? Yes. And Mads will nod. Firdas, you are following a path towards the general direction of the camp as best you can make out. It kind of opens up into a clearing similar to the one that camp is in, but you're not there yet. And as you, uh, are you still a squirrel? Yeah. Okay. And I'm, I'm probably like going through the treetops and stuff too, so I can kind of see a little bit further and everything. Well, then it's all the more clear to you that as you approach this clearing and you leap to this one branch to where you can just peer inside, you've come across a graveyard. It looks very old, and it's empty. What are the size of the graves? It's odd. There's a mixture. There's a few, just a handful that look like they were probably giants. Although, we're not talking like your cousin Mads. We're talking more like Cena or smaller. And then the rest of them are all either um, probably about dwarf to tiefling size, and then there's actually quite a few that look like they're gnomish size. And every single one of them has been dug up. Clearly dug up. Roughly dug up. Dirt piled around them. Yeah, my eyes go really big. And, um... Yeah, I, I go to reach for the, the speaking stone, which you said earlier was uh, too big for me to hold in squirrel form, and I remember that Not I left too it big, on the ground. Just, uh, yeah, just bigger than... I I don't know if I made that clear. I mean, it's a stone, right? If you're a squirrel and you're willing to carry a stone, then go for it, but... Yeah, I wouldn't have. As soon as you said it was that big, it, like, after I pulled it out of myself, out of my form, basically, to use it, and it was that big, I would have just left it on the ground there. Okay. Um... But, um, but yeah, I'm just like, oh shit, I've got to hurry. And, um, instead of going, like, through the, the graveyard, I'm gonna go around it, because I, I think it would just be bad, bad luck to be traipsing through the desecrated ground there. You're just about ready to flick your tail and leap to the next branch when you hear not but a foot away from you. It takes a lot of bodies to fuel those portals. Hello again. I took a great risk giving you that sign earlier. So it was you that took the lead over Hadel. You can see we have a common enemy. I'm not so sure. If anyone was to discover what I did to those tieflings, the war would break out immediately. The aberrations would not look kindly upon that. Which is exactly why I mistrust you. You said that you, you wanted to stop the war. 
There are only so many signs I can give to ensure to you. We are on the same side. Then you really know nothing about me. All of your signs have furthered my mistrust. And if you should have to smite me down, then so be it. But you have only given me an, an unnerving feeling. It's the aberrations, Firdos. They're the only thing stopping me from killing the tieflings myself. Once your war has begun, I would be a great ally. Yet again, you speak as if you want this war. And in our very first conversation, you said you wanted to stop it. I don't want the war. But it is coming. We must do what we can to stop it. But I cannot guarantee anything. And neither can I. And I'll start to hop down the tree away from him. He does not pursue you, he just watches you go. It's probably uh, about uh, like eight or nine at night, you would estimate by just your sense of time when uh, you guys hear rustling in the trees. And out pops one of the dwarves. It's not Bramble, it's uh, it's the, the smaller, skinnier fellow. Good evening. Hello. We got a big problem. Oh great, what is it? Well, thing is, right, we were going back, right? And then out of nowhere, oh, we were just completely attacked on all sides, and only I managed to get away. By who? Tieflings? I don't know. It all... It happened so fast, and I took off running. And when I got back to me mates, I don't know what happened to them. They... They just vanished? Well, you've got to come look like... There was nothing I could do. It's... It's okay. I'm gonna scoop him up. You can feel him thrashing around in your hand as you scoop him up. Listen to me. If there is any impropriety out of you, I will crush you, and you will squeeze all of your innards on top of my tunic. You get no improper parody from me, sir. I swear to you. Cena, how do you feel about this man? Can I just do a good old-fashioned insight check? Get him. Yeah. Feeling when Cena fails and Mad squishes this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Uh, that's an eight. Or wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm gonna use, I'm gonna do some artificer bullshit and make it, a, make it an eleven instead. <laughs> so it's not gonna help. Yeah, you make it eleven. Um, you observe a few things. You observe one, he's sweating profusely and breathing heavily. But on the other hand. He may have run the whole way, like legitimately run the whole way. He may be a method actor, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he might also about to be get, get crushed by a giant. Um, <laughs> uh, Cena's gonna hold out her hand for him and be like, "Can I, can I see the dwarf, please?" I will hand him over to Cena. Easy does it. <laughs> it's okay. I'm not gonna squish you. So it's you said it's that way. We was almost over by the wall. I heard a noise and there was an arrow. An arrow? Yeah, How big was the arrow? I, saw f- I couldn't tell. I just saw Fitz fall to the ground and I took off running. Okay. I think I think we should at least see. Let's keep our distance. Could you just leave me here and let, let me follow behind? No. Oh, I don't want to get up in this mess. I didn't ask for any of this. I it's was okay. just about uh, hunting and gathering. I didn't want to be a part of a war. Shh, 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 shh. It's it, listen. You get the sense that you should probably just shove him in your pocket like you used to do with the gnomes. Yeah. Um. He's too big to actually fit comfortably like the pocket gnomes, but you can kind of papoose him and swaddle yeah. him in comfort. <laughs> 
Sure. Just straight jacket. <laughs> <laughs> just straight jacket the dwarf. We're just collecting like smaller. <laughs> Pokemon. Like Yu Gi Oh gotta cards. Catch em all. <laughs> it's you and me. You know it's my destiny. Right, and uh, as yeah, that's that's what Zena's is gonna do. Just kind of like swaddle. Like you need to chill the fuck out, and I don't have calm emotions. So yeah, as you button him into your pocket, like his face is kind of sticking out, but uh, he doesn't really have much that he can do. Yeah, it's okay. I'm not gonna hurt you. You can kind of feel him against your chest, like, heaving, but it's slowly starting to stop. I mean, it's calming down as he's like, (laughs) what do you guys do? I rush the fuck off. Yep. As As we move, Cena is going to cast message to the gnome, not the gnome, the dwarf, and say, I'm not gonna hurt you, but Mads might, so you better hope you're not gonna be lying to us, or both of us are going to hurt you. Do not respond to this message. (laughs) (laughs) And we're just gonna keep walking. Yeah, you get a 25 word response back that's just (laughs) 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 It's almost like being (laughs) butt-dialed. You guys tromp through the trees for, uh, I'm trying to think of about how long it took Firdos to get here originally. If you're moving at high speed, I think you could get back to the, uh, the wall within about maybe 10 minutes at your size. And, uh, give me survival checks. Boo. Oh, shit. How much time have I been in squirrel form? Um, let's see. You went into squirrel form in the late afternoon, and by now, it's, I think you are out of it. You said four hours? Yeah. You're, you at the very, I'll say, uh, you are aware that you're running out of time. All right. You both got 15. I got an 18. Oh, 18. Oh, oh. If your squirrel form lasts for longer than four hours, consult the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Cena, as you're on the lookout, you you both spot it, but you're the first to see that there's blood on the ground. Fresh blood. Oh, no. This is not good. I want to try and follow it if I can. The blood isn't leaving the trail, but uh, you rolled high, so I'll say that you can find the scuff marks and the footprints in the dirt. And uh, they lead back to the Skazikas. How far do you want to take this? That's far enough. I think uh, Mads will turn back to Cena and say, Well, our little revolution seems to have been found out. Gods. They knew the risks. And unfortunately, we are far too large to stage some sort of a stealthy sabotage, so... There will be no sapper attack to save them. Uh, Cena's gonna put, like, you said where this guy is, like, on her chest, like, in, like, a baby carrier. She's just gonna put her hand over him, and she's just... And snuff him out. No, like, just, like... (laughs) (laughs) I am not gonna smother the dwarf. No. (laughs) Just, like, just kind of, like, over where, like, his torso is, and just... Not hold him there, but y- you know what I mean. Just kind of like, like it's okay, dwarf. Yeah. Is there a big rock nearby? I don't know how big you're thinking, but there's definitely boulders around. I want to find one that would be like a po- about shot put size for Mads. Oh yeah, no problem. Okay, so Mads is going to face his back from the. Uh, from the castle and he is going to take a large spin step and just launch his entire weight into it and just send this fucking boulder flying towards the castle and then we will start to make our way back towards camp you guys hear the crunch of sticks and leaves far down at your feet as you begin walking away the birds chirping the breeze blowing 
And then in the distance from behind, within the city of Skazicus, the sound of a boulder shattering some glass and clamoring down across roof tiles and stone blocks with an eventual dull thud as it hits the dirt below. A startled cry, some voices murmuring and then escalating into a full city square, exclamations and people bustling about in a state of alarm. And it all grows ever more distant as you make your way back to camp. We have a new mini-series which is completely finished and ready for you to binge. Eclipse Crater of Corruption is a nine-episode series that takes place on the moon, a century into the future. Three friends try to make it big in the racing scene, but Ivo, the driver, totals his car. Desperate not only to pay the bills, but also to pay off their loan sharks, the three friends begin taking on questionable work from questionable people, and things start to ramp up. Eclipse Crater of Corruption is available by pledging to the $5 tier at patreon.com slash time to die RPG. Or if you don't like monthly subscriptions, you can gain access to the show with a one-time purchase of $15 over at ko-fi.com slash time to die RPG and find it in the shop section. For this and the other content we offer, you can find it all at time to die RPG.com. If you enjoy the show, we'd be so grateful if you'd spread the word, post about us on social media, and share us with your friends. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at time to die RPG, on Reddit at r slash time to die RPG. Tim, who plays Mads, is on Twitter at Ida Grab Your Gun. Chris, who plays Feardos, is on Twitter at PP Crasta. That's P E E P Y C R A S T A. Aubrey, who plays Cena, is on Twitter at AubreyGray1, that's A-U-B-R-E-E-G-R-A-Y and the number one. I, Brian Bridges, the GM, am on Twitter at ManlyBrian. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of The Giant's March. <laughs>